Well, praise the Lord. We are in Mark's Gospel this morning for our message where we had a reading in chapter 11 in a very famous passage of Scripture, one that we get the phrase uh, mountain-moving faith from, or speak to your mountain. And, you know, if you have a mountain in your life, Faith does not pray about the mountain. Faith does not go to God and say, there's a mountain in front of me. Can you do something about it? That's not what Jesus said the faith of God is all about. He said here, have faith in God. And he, and that in the Greek means have the faith of God or have the God kind of faith. So Jesus would not say to us that we can function in the God kind of faith if it was impossible to us. So faith is not something that is arbitrary in the sense that God gives it to some and doesn't give it to others. Okay? We sometimes think, oh, such and such a preacher has great faith. I wish I had their faith. Well, wishing's got nothing to do with it. Jesus said, you can have it. And we're going to look at how you can have it. But first we're going to look at what it does. And how it functions. And he says here, have the God kind of faith. Have the faith of God. And then he says, for verily or truly I say to you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain. He's not saying that we pray about the mountain. He says we say something to the mountain. You have to speak to your mountain to see it move. Amen? It's not God that's going to speak to your mountain. It's you. And you can do two things with a mountain. You can make it bigger by speaking about it, or you can remove it by speaking to it and saying these words, be you removed, or be thou removed in the King James, and be you cast into the sea. So we tell our mountains to move. Mountain-moving faith speaks to the mountain. It doesn't pray about the mountain. There's nothing wrong with praying about the mountain if after praying about it, you speak to it. But very often what we do is, oh Lord, I've got this problem. Please help me, oh God. Please do something about the mountain. Now, of course, the mountain symbolizes something in your life that needs to change, that needs to be removed. And so you can remove it by speaking in faith. Be you removed, whatever that is. It could be a problem in the financial realm. It could be a big debt. It could be a, a sickness. It could be a relationship issue. It could be anything. But it's a mountain for you because it stands between you and um, your happiness, your destiny, your blessing, yeah? And this thing troubles you. It's an obstacle. You want rid of it. So how do you get rid of these problems, these obstacles? What Jesus says here, a mountain. You speak to them and you tell it to go in the name of Jesus. Now you say, well, I, that's, how can you speak to things? That's, that's silly. Well, people speak to their car all the time, don't they? 
Come on, you worthless piece of junk. Yeah? People do that all the time. Or you, you, you kick your, your uh, you know, maybe you've got a, something in the house that doesn't work unless you get a good kick. Ah, oh, you useless thing, you. Am I right? Now, I'm not talking about speaking to your spouse that way. Okay, you don't go to your spouse and say, be you removed. <laughs> and be cast into the sea. And they certainly don't kick them and call them a useless piece of junk. But if it's something, we speak to things all the time. And we're used to it. So why not speak to them the way Jesus says, speak to problems and obstacles and tell them to be removed. Get away from me, be cast into the sea. And it says, And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. Now, three things, three times, sorry, here, he, he mentions in this verse, saying, speaking, not praying. See, we think the pro that we need to pray about problems. But Jesus tells us here, speaking to the mountain is how the faith of God operates. He says, I say to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, not pray about the mountain, say to the mountain, speak to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. And then he says, shall believe that those things which he says. You have to believe when you speak to the mountain that what you say will come to pass. And then he says, and he shall have whatever he says. So three times speaking is mentioned and at no point here is praying because we think that we have to beg God to remove our problems, to help us and there's nothing wrong with prayer. We're going to look at that in a minute. But the primary way that faith operates is to speak the end result. Speak the desired result because faith is and we'll look at this again. Faith believes the reward. Faith believes that God will honor his word and that God will honor your word when you speak it in faith. Verse 24, he says, Therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. This time he's talking about prayer. And what he's saying is, is that the, what, what we're, we're getting from this, the primary part of prayer is to speak God's will and God's word. And if, if it's God's will that your mountain be removed because he tells you here how to remove it. Amen? You know, he doesn't say, but sometimes God wants that mountain to stay in your life. He never says that. He says, speak to the mountain and it will be removed if you believe what you say will come to pass. And he says, carry that over into prayer. So when you're praying, it's not, oh, I'm begging you, Lord, please help me. I'm weak, I'm powerless, I don't know what to do. No, he says, speak in faith. And he says, uh, when you pray, believe that you receive it, the answer, and you shall have it. So when you pray, and ask God for something, you ought to be saying, and thank you, I receive it by faith. And then go about your business, 
trusting that he will bring it to pass. So faith is not some mysterious thing, folks. It's not some, you know, uh, nebulous thing that we'd never understand. It's a great mystery. Faith is scientific. If we want something, we need to understand that faith is the currency that God would have us use. When you go to Tesco or Asda, or if you're posher, you go to Sainsbury's and Waitrose, it's still the same currency. Pound sterling. Yes. You fill your trolley, you go to the you don't go to the teller and say the, the, the till cashier with your full trolley and say, um, well, I'm I'm going to barter with you, I've got some stuff to trade here. They'll just say, put it back. Because the currency here is money, it's pound sterling. So if you want goods at a supermarket or a shop, you have to pay in money. That's the currency here on earth. And if you, if you rolled up to, if you went to America and you went to uh, Walmart and you filled your trolley and you pulled out your pounds, they would just say, that's not the currency we use here. So you might be rich, have plenty of money on you, but if it's not the currency they use, it's no use. And very often we come to God and, and we have all kinds of things that we try to use as currency to get an answer to prayer. We, we would use hope. Oh, I'm hoping God will answer this prayer. But hope is not the currency for an answered prayer. Faith is the currency for answered prayer. Or we go to God and say, I've been good. I've... You know, I've been to church, I've not missed a week. Um, I read 10 chapters a day. Uh, I help old ladies over the road. I give to Oxfam. So can I have an answer to my prayer? That's not the currency either. Your good works are not the currency. Faith is the currency of heaven. And if you want something from God in heaven, you must pay for it, if you like, by faith. Okay, so faith is so important. Now, before we look at, uh, in fact, now let's just go there. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. Because you see, well, what is faith? What is faith? If God requires that I receive things and faith is the currency, what is faith? What actually is it? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 tells us, now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, or the proving or the conviction of things not seen. In other words, you are utterly convinced, not that you're going to get it, but that you have it. When you hope that you're going to get it, that's just hope. But faith is the substance of things hoped for. So it has to be something beyond hope. You have to have something that gives substance to the thing you hope for. Let's just say you hope for a new house or a new car or a new coat or something. Or a change in a relationship, whatever it is. You have to have 
more than just hope. You have to have the assurance, the conviction. But that Greek word, that word substance in Greek means the real essence of something. So the thing you hope for, you have to get the real essence of it. Where do you get that from? From God's word. Romans chapter 10 and verse uh, 17 tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God or substance, the real essence of something comes from hearing the word of God. Let me tell you where it doesn't come from. It doesn't come from EastEnders. It doesn't come from uh, the Daily Mail. It doesn't come from uh, chatting to folks for hours and end. If you want faith, you will have to spend time developing and building into your inner man the substance of God's Word. So faith has to come from God's Word, and that means spending time in God's Word. I don't just mean reading 100 chapters a day. I'm not talking about reading I'm talking about what the Bible calls meditating his word, which is speaking it. Because faith comes by hearing. So we have to be people who hear the word preached, who speak it ourselves, because it's primarily trans faith is transferred to us, imparted to us, primarily by hearing. So that's why you, you come every Sunday and listen to good preaching here at Foundry Boys. But folks, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It's the real essence. And when you hear God's word, that essence gets into you. You're not going to receive healing if you never hear God's word in healing. You're never going to receive peace which is something you might hope for, until faith for peace is built up in your heart. And you're never going to get that faith unless you hear God's word on peace. Does that make sense? Whatever God's word says that you listen to over and over, the real essence of that will be transferred to you and that thing will show up in your life sooner or later. Because faith is the substance, the hypostasis is in the Greek. Then verse 2 says, For by it the elders obtained a good report. You get a good report from God. You know, children get report cards from school, don't they? And sometimes they don't want to bring it home. They dread bringing it home, don't they? And you get this, well, I left it in the school. Oh, well, it's in my desk or whatever. Yeah, because they don't want to bring the report card. Especially if it's sealed and they don't know what's in it. But they remember the time they were, you know, late in for class, or they get caught doing something they shouldn't, or they don't want you to know about that. But if it's a good report, they bring it home and wave it. Don't they? But we want a good report from God. We want God to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done. And the only way to get that is by faith. It's not by good works. Now, God will reward your works, but only reward those works that are done 
by faith, not works that are done uh, by religion and striving and trying to be, you know, to earn his approval. Verse 3 says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Now, faith will give you the correct worldview about creation, about how things are in the world. Faith will give you an understanding that the worlds were framed by the word of God. You know, you know, sometimes I like looking at uh, documentaries, and I was looking at a couple last night, and uh, one came on, National Geographic or something. You have to be careful, because all these documentaries about nature or creation, or whatever, well, they don't believe it's creation. They say, oh, this happened through evolution, and this happened over billions of years of evolution, and if you're sitting listening to that all the time, then... You don't want to hear stuff like that because that will not produce faith. That will produce unbelief. Because it's through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. If you're listening to people or teaching that says God doesn't exist and God had nothing to do with the creation of the world or the universe, you're not going to get faith from that. But faith gives us that understanding. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. In other words, what he's saying is everything we can see was made by a God that we don't see. By an invisible God. His handiwork we can see. His works. His glory in the skies and in the universe. We can see what he has done, but we don't see him. And we don't see the heavenly realms, do we? So things that are visible were made of things which are not visible. Faith will tell you that. Faith will say, well, you know, not everything that we see is real. Or reality is not everything we see. There's a reality that we don't see. But it's, it's more real than what we do see. You will not be here forever. None of us will be here forever. In the sense that it is appointed unto men once to die. So there'll be a time on earth, there was a time on earth before you were here, there'll be a time on earth after you're here, which means that the temporal realm, the earthly realm, is, a temp- is subject to change. But in the eternal realm, it's not subject to change. The things that are in the eternal realm are eternal. They're not temporal. There was a time this building wasn't here. And if time goes on, there may be a time this building is no longer here. Because things in the earthly realm are subject to change. Uh, They're subject to erosion, age, decay, and so on. But in the glory realm, he's always the same. When it says Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever, what he's saying is he's the same forever, for eternity. Now, in that realm created this realm. And it's only really subject to change mostly because of Adam's fall and the decay that came into the world. You know, we're all subject to change. Uh, Kids were looking at 
old photos last night and they were laughing at a photo of me because I was much, much heavier than I am right now. So your weight is subject to change, isn't it? And I think in the photo I had here, things are subject to change, aren't they? So, and it's so important to understand, though, that the, the realm where things are not subject to change is the realm that made this one, which means that realm is where all the security is, all the, the safety is. You, you can bank on that realm. You can put your trust in the one who lives in eternity because he's not subject to change. I am the Lord, he says, I change not. And that's the one that we put our trust in. And that's the one we put our faith in. And faith will teach you that. Then he goes on to say, By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by he being dead yet speaks. Look at verse 6. Without faith, without faith, it is impossible to please him. If you want to please God, you'll never do it without faith. You have to have faith. We have to be believers, not doubters. We have to be believers, not unbelievers. We have to be people who believe him. Without faith, you can't please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God is a rewarder. And you have to believe that. You have to have faith that the God you love and worship and serve is a rewarder. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. If you come to him, you must believe that he is, but you also must believe that he's a rewarder. So God is not out to punish you, to condemn you, to send lightning bolts and th or thunderbolts of judgment against you. A lot of people have that idea of God that God doesn't like them, doesn't love them, wants to smite them. No, you have to believe he's a rewarder because you believe and you trust in him. Amen? It's wonderful to think I have a heavenly father who loves me and rewards me. But you see, but I don't deserve a reward. That's the point. It's not about rewarding you because you deserve it. It's like a, a, a parent. Have you ever had a situation uh, in your life where maybe your father or mother, you were naughty and you did bad things, but they still bought you something, a toy, or they still took you out for a meal, or they still rewarded you when you didn't deserve it. Amen? Because they loved you, because they wanted to show that they loved you. Yeah? You didn't deserve it. Many times we said to your children or your grandchildren, if you do that, you'll no be going to such and such or you'll no get such and such. And then they go ahead and did it. And you went, you didn't say, well, that's it. You're finished. You took them anyway or you <coughs> bought them something anyway. Yeah? God's like that because we never deserve, really, the rewards, if you like, or the blessings. He is a reward, and you have to believe that. Now, another couple of scriptures we'll look at, and then we'll close, that I want to show you. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2. How important is faith? Well, without it, you didn't get saved. 
Without faith, you cannot get saved. Because Ephesians chapter 2 tells us, in verse 8, for by grace, or by favor, unmerited favor. Like I said, we never deserve it. Every single person that ever got saved didn't deserve it. What they got, the salvation, the blessing, nobody ever deserved it because nobody was ever sinless. Because sin disqualifies you, doesn't it? But the sinless one took our place. And when we have faith in him, the favor of God comes upon us. So for by grace are you saved. You were saved by grace. You were saved by God's favor in your life. When you didn't deserve it, he still showed you favoritism, if you like, or favor. He put you into the tribe of favorite. Yeah? When you didn't deserve it, and none of us ever did. And the great mighty men of history, the Apostle Paul, did he deserve it? He was having Christians killed. Now, let me tell you, imagine I said to you, um, but, you know, I'm leaving, but there's a new pastor coming, he's a great guy. Um, he used to have lots of Christians killed. You'd be like, oh, correct. Who wants that for a pastor? But he's the prototype Christian. Why? Because favor, grace, unmerited favor, sought him out. And he received that from the Lord. But notice it says, for by grace, for by unmerited favor, are you saved through faith? It has to come through faith. You have to believe for it. Then he says that, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. In other words, you can't manufacture the faith. You can't whip it up. You can't create it in your heart. It has to be the gift of God. But having received it, you can then develop it by speaking his word. You can become strong in faith. Remember the old Popeye cartoons? Popeye with, with olive oil. And Popeye would be getting battered by Bluto, who would want to steal olive oil. Not olive oil, what's her name? Was that her name? Olive oil from him. And he would be, you know, he, Popeye had big muscles and he was strong, but he needed to get the cans of spinach to build him up, to, 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 to strengthen him. Well, that's just like us. We've got big muscles. We're strong as Christians because we, we're in Christ, but we still need to take our cans of spinach. We still need the Bible. He's not saying, oh, I read the Bible in 1977. Thank you. I know what the Bible... I read it in the, back in the 80s. I read it once. We need this word every day because this is the spinach that makes us fight off Bluto and keep olive oil on our arm. Amen? It's the gift of God. We already have, are saved by faith, but we need to build our faith, develop our faith, just like Popeye needed to keep taking the spinach to keep us strong and then finally just for this little study in faith let's go back to Mark's gospel and we'll go to chapter 9 this time and this uh, we'll close from this verse here or, or this little story here 
And it says here in verse, verse 14, no, no, verse 17, sorry. One of the multitude answered and said, Master, speaking to Jesus, I have brought to you my son, which has a dumb spirit. And wherever he takes him, he tears him, and he foams and gnashes with his teeth and pines away or wastes away. And I spoke to your disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. Notice when Jesus encountered people, he was always astonished at their lack of faith. He was always amazed that they didn't have any faith. Why? Because Jesus operated in that realm of faith all the time. And he was always astonished when he encountered lack of faith. Now, and they brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit tore him or convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came to him? And he said, of a child. Now, the father said to Jesus, this boy's had this since he was a boy, since he was just a young lad. And often it has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. That's like our prayers. Oh Lord, if you can do something, can you help? We need your help. But look what Jesus said. He said, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. All things are possible to him that believeth. Faith opens up the realm where all things are possible. All things are possible in the realm of faith. And if you will spend time in God's word, friends, if you'll spend time speaking it, praying it, meditating it, studying it, in other words, you'll make it your passion to be in God's word. If you'll do that, you remember that old song? They used to sing, it came out of the William Branham Crusades, only believe, all things are possible, only believe. That's what Jesus is saying to this man, only believe, all things are possible. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said, with tears, Lord, I believe, help you my unbelief. How often have we prayed that, folks? I believe, oh, just help my unbelief. Help me to believe. How many times have you prayed for more faith? And of course, then Jesus cast the spirit, the dumb and deaf spirit, and the boy was um, set free. All things are possible to him that believeth. That is, take that away today, folks. Take that message away today. That if you can just believe. And if you say, well, I find it hard. Then spend more time in the Word because faith comes. Faith, faith comes by hearing. It doesn't come only to preachers or Billy Graham or Smith Wigglesworth. It comes to whosoever. If you'll just spend time. These men had great faith because they spent time in the Word and in the presence of God in prayer. So... Make that your faith goal, if you like, to be somebody who is full of faith because you're full of his word. The Lord bless you, folks.